Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. And I must admit to you that I am a little bit nervous about this podcast because this podcast should amaze you. I think this is an historic podcast. And if it doesn't amaze you, it's not your fault, it's my fault because that means that I have not done the proper job of clearly explaining to you the wondrous thing that I am attempting to present. So, you know, a part of me thought like maybe I should delay this, maybe I should put it off, but I I just want you to know that I want this to be out there, I want you to hear this. I'm going to play some audio for you. And, um, I think, okay, here's the best way of, of trying to piece all this together. So, you know, Dean Worsing and his wife, Anne are on an airplane right now. They're flying back to the East coast, but this past week, Dean and I have been together doing investigations and you could really say that this podcast is going to be, to be part of maybe a two-parter or a three-parter or whatever. I don't know. Um, just I'm still trying to process the week that we just had. And I know that Dean and Ann are as well. So Lauren and, and Dean and Ann and I were all hanging out this past week doing investigations. And we went out and... <clears throat> all right. One thing at a time. Here we go. So here's what you have to understand about Dean Worsing. And I know that this may seem a bit redundant. You've heard me talk about him before, but let me just remind you, I've known this guy over a decade. We've been on many TV programs together, History Channel, National Geographic Channel. Uh, We we worked on the uh, Warner Brothers Project, The Apparition. We've done many investigations together. We've done expeditions and Puerto Rico and Sedona and I mean like the first time I ever actually saw some kind of crazy ass UFO was when I was with Dean Worsing. I could go on and on but I just want you to know right up front I know this guy okay like we we have such implicit trust that we actually as I told you in one of my previous podcasts Dean and I can even be you know brutally and blatantly critical of each other and we don't get our feelings hurt that's how well i know dean worsing so over the years dean has gone through a number of investigative stages which is normal Uh, when i first met him he you know he was focusing more on ufos and now he is focusing more on evp electronic voice phenomena which is related to ghostly activity and you know if if you're not really that familiar with evp the the idea behind evp is that maybe you can take some dinky audio recorder and you can go to a graveyard or you can just go into your back bedroom or whatever and you start talking to a ghost while you hit the record button and you may not hear anything with your ears but then you play it back and there's a voice and so it seems like that you know if this if there's something to this that well the recorder itself is being affected in some way because you're not hearing anything with your own ears 
Now, this really harkens back to broadcasting in general. For many years, I have done programs at ghost conferences where I do a little demonstration. I'll take like a boom box, and you know how they always have a, uh, a, a jack there or an input for headphones? Well, instead of putting headphones in there, I just put a big coil of wire in there. I just plug a big coil of wire in. So you're playing the whatever your favorite song is let's say we're we're playing a billy joel song and but you can't hear it because the transmission is now just electromagnetic it's coming from this coil of wire it's not vibrating air and that is what is required under normal circumstances for your ears to hear things you need air to be moving you need vibration coming into your eardrums so you don't hear anything but you can take a recorder, you know, like I say, a little dinky note-taking audio recorder, and you can hold it up to that coil, and you can record for a few minutes, and then play it, and holy shit, guess what? You can hear the music. Because the music was being transmitted electromagnetically. It wasn't being transmitted through the acoustic, what we call the acoustic medium, all right? Air. There, were, there was no actual physical, mechanical vibration coming through the air. And this is what basic, old-fashioned broadcasting is all about. So, I'm very familiar with all the ins and outs of EVP, and I, I have captured some strange electronic voice phenomena that I cannot explain, but I am, as I've also said, notoriously critical of EVP and that is because it gets exaggerated and abused on a daily basis people get some recorder and you know the recorder is sensitive to a different range than the human ears and they start asking questions and then next thing you know the wind blows somebody steps on a leaf they you know somebody uh, rubs it on their trousers somebody sighs you know whatever and then you hear that, you go, oh my God, what was that? And then pareidolia kicks in, and everybody starts trying to take this little sound that's like, and amplify it, and, and try to claim that it's, it's, it's actually something notable. So I am so critical of, of EVP that when I was on the show Paranormal Challenge that Zach Bagans produced as a judge... I was kind of like the Simon Cowell for a while there of, of EVP. I was just, you know, cracking it down. When Art Bell interviewed me, Art, Art Bell interviewed me, uh, I can't remember, a number of times. Art Bell believed in the, uh, the power of EVP more than I did. And I actually kind of got into a debate with Art Bell. Hell, I, you know, I was just pretty much, you know, compared to him I was a kid but I still you know I wouldn't I was I was willing to just say I don't think that most of this stuff is real and Art believed it was real and I got into a debate with the great late Art Bell over this so I'm very skeptical and stringent when it comes to EVP electronic voice phenomena okay you should know that that said Dean Worsing here not only became just 
an aficionado with with EVP work, he actually did something that very, very few people can say. I don't even, he might be totally unique in this regard. I don't know. He actually got, uh, <laughs> he got a job as an instructor at a college in Maryland teaching EVP. So obviously I was really excited and very proud of him. Not only because we're good friends, but hey, Dean took my online paranormal investigation course. And you can too at joshuapwarren.com if you go to the curiosity shop. But now I can be like, holy crap. I you know I can at least say one person that that took my course is now an instructor at a real college, you know, teaching something paranormal. I'm not saying I am staking my claim on that, but it's just not it's a nice thing to toss out there. I love it when people who take my paranormal course go out and capture incredible stuff like Daniel Hurst and his crew at M and D. I mean, capturing all this amazing ghost footage. I mean, I I'm not saying there's a cause and effect, but I love when somebody who takes my course and graduates goes out and captures something that's astounding. So anyway, so Dean, he's Mr. EVP. He he's I I he's not a doctor, but I might just start start calling him Dr. EVP. And so Dean, he's sending me EVP, you know, these recordings of spiritual stuff from time to time. And I listen to it, and I'm just like, well, okay. You know, I mean, I hear what you're hearing, but what's the value in this? Because if you go out into a cemetery and you have your recorder and you record something and then you play it to me, what I mean, what's the value of that to me? And I mean, if I just if I know you and I trust you, okay, fine. But why would you expect other people to objectively, you know, trust you? They don't know who you are. Every there's so much bullshit out there in the world. We all know this, right? I mean, you do realize that we take this paranormal stuff seriously. But there are people who don't take it seriously. They think it's a it's a joke. And that's why they go out there and they hoax, you know, Bigfoot tracks and stuff like that. Because they don't take it serious. And, and they don't feel like they're doing anything bad. And I get that. You know, I have a good sense of uh, sense of humor. So so I, I, I know where they're coming from. But I have to deal with this. So Dean, he would send me stuff and I would say, well, Dean, you know, this is, I mean, yeah, I can hear what you're hearing. You know how some people are colorblind? Dean actually told me he thought maybe that I couldn't hear certain frequencies. I was like, no, I hear it. I hear what you're hearing. But there's no value here because all we have is a recording that you say you got in a cemetery. I lived next to a cemetery for years. I'd go out there at night by myself, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd take a recorder with me. Eh. Okay, let's say I went out and I got something amazing. And then I played it for you. Well, okay, great. That's just another story though, right? 
you just have to believe me because you could say, well, maybe this guy's full of it. So I've always had this very healthy debate with Dean about EVP. So knowing that Dean was going to come out here, I knew we were going to do a Skywatch, and I'll get to that on another podcast. I knew we were going to do a Skywatch. But Dean said, while I am out there, I would like for us to go to a cemetery and show you my technique and do an EVP session. I said, great. You know, again, some of this is redundant. I know I've talked about this probably on my last podcast, but I like to have it all condensed for you, right? Especially with what you're about to hear. So I went out with Lauren and we found some options for a cemetery and you know this is kind of weird you don't want to make a big production out of something like this so I found a cemetery I thought would be a good bet here in Las Vegas and it's got some celebrities buried there not that that really makes a difference but one thing that is kind of interesting and I I do think this is worth mentioning um, the history of Las Vegas is very special because in the past a lot of the people who actually lived here as opposed to visiting here were performers so because like a lot of people visit las vegas but if you live here i mean hell you got to make money somehow so it makes sense that you'd have showmen showgirls magicians you know that kind of thing especially in the 1940s 50s 60s so I thought, well, this could be also interesting because perhaps they are more extroverted personalities. That, and when you walk through the cemeteries, you see that. You see a tombstone and it says, oh, here was this guy. He was a composer. Uh-huh. And now, and right next to him, oh, here, here, here was this lady, you know, and this lady did this or whatever. And, you know, so, but it's always some kind of performance thing. So... I thought, hmm, maybe this is a really good environment for EVP because of the extra extroversion type thing. All right, so Dean said he wanted to go out and do a session. So immediately I decided, well, look, I want, if we're going to do this, I want to take this to the next level because here I have a guy who's an instructor who's teaching people. At a at a brick and mortar college in Maryland, say, so, geez, you know, you you, you don't want to be misleading students, or you don't want to, you know. So I, I said, look, I, let's get let's do a real experiment here. Let's make sure we got our shit down, Pat. So I said to Dean, this sounds good, and then I ordered immediately a new little vacuum jar now you see i have uh some super high powered vacuums as you know in Asheville, north carolina that's on the other side of the country out here i don't have a vac so i ordered a a, a vacuum jar and two identical little recorders one that's small enough to fit inside the vacuum jar and the other one you know, we'll go outside, and that'll be our control. Now, they're supposed to be recording the same thing. 
because they're identical. They're being used in the same way at the same time. Everything is synced up. Now, the significance of putting one of these inside of a bell jar that's a vacuum, let, let, let me help you let me help you visualize this. Okay, so basically, I'd, a lot of people think of a vacuum, apparently, and they think of, like, food-grade storage. I'm not talking about that. If you put food in this vacuum, it would destroy your food. This is a bell jar, and it's not very complex. I mean, I have a, a vacuum chamber in Asheville in my museum that, you know, you have to turn you know turn it on and there's a motor that pumps and that thing is so high vacuum that's nasa level it's literally nasa level i mean it's dangerous to be around that you have to have glasses on because you never know when it's going to explode or implode or whatever that is ridiculous this vacuum chamber that i bought for this experiment this is more than enough vacuum, but I'm telling you, it, if you put a... Okay, so imagine a bell jar. If you put a marshmallow in there and you pumped all the air out, that marshmallow would expand and expand and it would fill up the whole damn bell jar. I've done this. Before I did this podcast, I put a shot glass of water inside this thing and pumped the air out and I was able to make that water boil this is a very very strong vacuum so i told dean i'm going to have two identical recorders they're synchronized i'm going to have one inside the vacuum and one outside the vacuum and we're going to leave them in a stable position regardless of whatever else we do and he said this sounds great now, I, I, I want you to know, you know, I've been a professional paranormal investigator for around about 25 years. I started when I was a teenager, and by professional, I can justify that. I mean, I was getting paid even when I was a teenager. And I have been on national, hell, international TV. I was on an episode of Ghost Adventures where we were at the Winchester Mansion where I used this same technique where I put a recorder in a vacuum and one outside the vacuum, among other things. And it was voted by fans of the show the best experiment ever. You know, just not not that particular thing, but like everything that we did there. So I've done this for almost 25 years. And let me tell you something, my friends. When you put a recorder in a vacuum and you pump the air out, you are not supposed to hear anything. Nothing. I've done this many times. You don't hear anything. Because, again, the recorder is inside of a bell jar that has no air in it. And air is a medium that carries vibrations. And recorders are designed to pick up vibrations. So when you put a recorder inside of a bell jar and you pump the air out, to this degree you're not supposed to get anything and and the fun part is you don't have to sit there and listen to the whole thing and see if you got anything afterward you just plug it into your computer you bring up 
some pro I, I, I love audacity you bring up audacity or whatever and it shows you the actual visual representation of the clip and it's a flat line you know you, you you see people talking until you pump the air out and then it's a flat line and then you release the vacuum after I don't know 20 30 minutes and now whatever how long, and then people are talking again you never ever get anything inside the vacuum so the cool thing about doing a scientific experiment where you have one in the vacuum one recorder in the vacuum and one recorder outside the vacuum when they are identical recorders and they're synced up is that and again I know I'm being redundant I've said this before if you were to get something inside the vacuum recorded that would be a big deal just in general because you're not supposed to be recording shit inside the vacuum but if you get something recorded inside the vacuum that is not recorded outside the vacuum then that would indicate that something is is specifically targeting that individual device inside a vacuum if you get something recorded on the device that's outside the vacuum but not inside the vacuum that means it's the product of air moving so that could be a lot of things a bird flies over you know whatever if you get it on both of them well you know you're not sure what you're dealing with but the best case scenario the best case scenario is to get something recorded on the device that is inside the vacuum that is not recorded on the one that is outside the vacuum that has never happened to me in almost 25 years well of, of investigation it's it's never happened to me I've never had that occur I think you can start to imagine where we're going with this so we go over to this uh, cemetery and you know again here in Las Vegas and Dean, he had a number of recorders, like really high-end, nice recorders that cost, you know, hundreds of dollars. He had a bunch of those. And then I had my two recorders in the vacuum. And Lauren had a recorder and Ann had a recorder. I think we had a total of nine recorders. So we have a lot to sync up, which hasn't been done yet. But the first thing we did was we we said okay this is going to be our base camp i'm going to put a recorder inside this bell jar one outside the bell jar and and this was all videotaped as well we had two video cameras going so i pumped the air out of the bell jar and then dean starts asking questions and the first thing he did was he asked me to explain what this setup was and then after that he asked a bunch of questions we don't know what the hell's happening and then we all kind of like go separate ways and we walk around with our own audio recorders and that's when it gets really hairy because we're all walking around so I got home that night and I put the audio recorder card into my computer the one that was in the vacuum 
So I took the one that was in the vacuum, and I figured this is going to... It was a long day. I was tired. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to put this thing into my computer because it should be a flat line. It's always been a flat line. I put this card into my computer, and it's a flat line for a while. But then it stops being a flat line. Throughout the entire time this thing is in the vacuum, there are numerous occasions when there is a big hit of some kind, which appears on screen as a vertical line. Now, my first thought was, oh man, did I screw up? You know, like, was my vacuum not sealed properly? That was the first thing I wanted to rule out. Turns out, when I listened to these things, not only do they sound like bursts of static, but they also have this digital electronic sound. And I was able to quickly rule out that I had a leak in the vacuum. I mean, I have clear audio. Here's me pumping the vacuum. You hear us talking, and then it goes silent. And then at the end, here's me releasing the vacuum. This is a high-pressure system. You don't just get a little leak in a high-pressure system like this. Something that's high-pressure enough to boil water. If you get a little leak, boom, it's over. I mean, the whole thing. But then I, I was like, well, maybe there's still you know, something else here. I'm not understanding. So I took these blips of static. And I magnified them, and I looked at them, and I'm telling you, they look crazy. The right channel and the left channel don't even look the same. You know, when you record things in stereo, you you got your right ear and your left. The two channels don't even look the same. I'm like, what the fuck? So, this is weird. This is some kind of a digital electronic. So then I thought, well, man, maybe there, here I am in, in... Nevada, we got Area 51, you know, maybe the government's doing some kind of weird stuff. So I I loaded up the card from the other recorder, the one that was outside the vacuum. Completely normal. None of this stuff showed up on the on our control that was outside the vacuum. So I'm like, what the hell? If anything was producing a transmission around here, it should have been on both recorders. You would actually think it would show up even more strongly on the second recorder. The one that's outside the vacuum. Not that not not that the bell jar should matter that much, but you'd think that the one outside the vacuum was even less impeded. It's not on the control. It's only on the one that's in the vacuum. These blips, these digital, these weird digital blips that fill up the entire spectrum, like a, like I said, they look like narrow bands that go, you know, vertically from top to bottom on audacity. So I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck is going on here. Okay, I, I have, I, I can't explain why that we have these bands these bursts with all this like electronic sound on the one that was in the vacuum that's not on the identical one that's outside the vacuum 
Technically, this is not making sense. I was not expecting this. So then I said, all right, let's listen to both of the tracks simultaneously and see how they match up and see what was happening, what we were talking about when these bursts come. This is where I'm starting to get goosebumps, guys. So I I synced them up because in in the very beginning what I did we had all the recorders running and I said three two one and I clapped my hands and I was like that's our reference point for all these recorders so I synced up my recorder inside the vacuum with the one that was outside the vacuum I swear I'm getting a cold chill right now so here's what happens and I'm about to play this audio for you so that you can see you know I'm not exaggerating. What happens is I got everything running and everything's looking, you know, normal. There's nothing happening in the vacuum. And Dean says, okay, Joshua, tell us what's going on here. And I started describing that, okay, I have a recorder in a vacuum and an identical one outside the vacuum, blah, blah, blah. And that, what would be most amazing is if something uh, hit, you know, or something was recorded on the one in the vacuum but didn't get recorded outside the vacuum. As soon as I explain that, guess what happens, folks? That's when it begins. As soon as I explain that. But you don't have to take my word for it. I'm about to play this clip for you right now. Now, here you're going to hear this. This is live in the cemetery here in Las Vegas. You're going to hear Dean ask me to explain what our setup is. But, I, but you are about to hear both recordings together because I synced them up. So you're going to hear what we're talking about outside the vacuum. And you're also going to hear what was happening inside the vacuum. Now, mind you, we were when we were there, we, we didn't know what the hell was being picked up. So, before I play this, I want to clarify that one more time. You are hearing two recorders being played in perfect synchronization. One is outside the vacuum, which is where you're going to hear us talking. And the other one is inside the vacuum. Note when these bursts occur inside the vacuum okay hopefully hopefully i've explained that well here we go okay so josh why don't you tell us what you got going there okay so we are actually this is the 17th isn't it it is the 17th of april okay so this is april 17th 2019 it is 405 p.m here in las vegas nevada at the palm east mortuary cemetery and so obviously we have an array of equipment here that's recording audio and we have some video recordings but what I brought for this EVP experiment is for one thing this setup where I have two identical audio recorders that are both synchronized the only difference between them right now as they are actively recording is that one of them is inside a vacuum chamber which I pumped 15 times 
And so no acoustic vibrations should be able to affect this in any way. So when you, when you pump the air out of there, technically, how does that affect the sound? Well, any vibration that hits the exterior of this bell jar should not be able to travel within it because there's no notable Medi medium inside to carry the vibration. So you're saying that the, the absence of air in there almost acts like an insulator around the recorder. That's exactly right, yeah. Okay. And so this should be silent under these conditions. We should not get anything here because these recorders are primarily designed just to pick up vibration that's moving through the air. So if we did get something on the recorder that's in a vacuum, what would that lead you to believe as an investigator? Well, if we get something on the one that's in the vacuum, but we don't get anything on the one that's outside the vacuum, that would lead me to believe something profound had occurred, that there was some type of an inexplicable force that had targeted the interior <laughs> of this specific digital recorder and imprinted a message. On the other hand, if we get something on the one that's outside the vacuum but not inside, then that would show us that this is a purely acoustical phenomenon, that this has a lot of different possible explanations. Could be the wind, could be somebody sighing or some traffic or whatever. If we actually get a recording on both of them, then it becomes even more complex because we're not sure exactly what we're dealing with, but we know it must have an electromagnetic component that is affecting the way the machine itself is working on an internal level. Interesting. Very good. Okay, so we're ready to start. Okay, that was a live recording of us in the field at the cemetery. As soon as I explained the situation, we start getting this weird digital sounding burst happening on the recorder inside the vacuum, but not on the one outside the vacuum. Let, I, I have to remind you of that. So how the hell do we explain this? Okay, how the hell do we explain this? If it, if it occurs on the one that's inside the vacuum and outside the vacuum, you could be like, okay, well maybe there you know maybe there's some weird technology in the area, you know, the, some military stuff or. But when you get it on one and not the other, especially the one that's inside the vacuum. Phew, that's not the end of it throughout the rest of our day there's more to this okay there's more to this because i started looking at other places where that hit would occur i have I, 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 that's why i say this is going to turn into like a two or three part series i have these recordings where dean asks certain questions and at those particular times boom that's when we get the interruption that's when we get the broadcast so is that a response why the hell not and this is so new and so fresh we haven't even analyzed our other six or seven recorders we haven't even listened to them i haven't even watched my video footage yet I could have a full-bodied apparition standing there next to me over my shoulder. I haven't even watched the footage. We were going 
balls to the wall the whole week. You know what I mean? Like boom, boom. So, and it, there's no telling what we captured. But this alone, this alone is significant enough. This is significant enough for you to say, what the hell? How is that possible? How did something happen in the vacuum like that? At that time, when I asked for it, when I explained it and I asked for it, how did that happen in the vacuum that didn't happen outside the vacuum? But there's a kicker. You want to hear the kicker? Like I say, I'm doing my best to make this flow for you. We did our session there in the cemetery. And then, and then, Dean and I, uh, we walked in different places. As a matter of fact, fact, so did Lauren and Ann. We all walked in different places. And it was like, okay, take your recorder now, pick it up. Let's go just walk into different places and see what happens. I'm standing about 40 feet away from where we started. I'm just doing my own thing. I'm just walking around. And all of a sudden, I hear Dean go, what the, what? And he starts flipping out, okay? He starts flipping out. Dean goes, dude. I just saw a UFO. Now Dean owes three. Uh, he he owns three pairs, at least three. Actually, he probably owns more. He he owns probably a handful of night vision goggles, like third generation night vision goggles. And he goes out all the time and views the sky with night vision goggles. He's been on Coast to Coast AM. He captured some amazing phenomenon at Brown Mountain, where we have the Brown Mountain Lights, that was on the National Geographic Channel. And the Nat Geo Channel took all of his equipment and the recording and sent it to the Princeton Optics Laboratory and could not explain what it was. Dean is not an easily excited person. Okay? Not when it comes to UFOs. Dean says, I just saw some kind of a white object that shot over my head here. And of course, I'm looking up in the sky and it's gone. So it must have been traveling at a very high rate of speed. At that time, of course, we didn't know that we were also capturing something very weird in our experiment in the cemetery with EVP. Is there some kind of a connection between what we were doing there, trying to capture ghostly or spiritual audio, and Dean seeing this white object that he described as a UFO, and he's very adamant about what he saw? Is there a connection between those two things? I don't know. I don't know. I could keep going on, but I, for now, I just want that to sink in. 
I don't, I mean, like, if you, like I say, if you don't get the magnitude of what you have just heard here, then either this is not for you, you should, you should just stop listening to this podcast, or I've done a poor job of explaining it. This is a game changer, perhaps. I mean, at this point, I mean, we've sat down and we've looked at every possibility for how this all could have happened. So you might be saying, okay, well, what, what's your conclusion here, Mr. Warren? What I'm thinking is, let's just forget about the UFO that Dean saw. Let's just focus on, okay, I'm in a cemetery with recording devices and one's in a vacuum and one's not. The, the first thing after I've gone through this process of trying to rule out, the first thing that comes up is, it seems to me that we may have done a proper scientific experiment here that demonstrates that EVP is the product of some intelligence targeting the interior workings of a specific device that it doesn't really have any connection to the normal way of listening to things and broadcasting things and recording things and we and we've we've suspected this for a long time but we haven't had any good evidence this seems like the first time that i'm aware of where we may have good evidence that evp electronic voice phenomena and similar stuff is the product of a direct connection between an intelligent force and a particular machine it doesn't matter what the situation is or the scenario is dean was telling me that he has had students who have had 10 recorders all put into a circle and one person picks up you know an evp and the and the others don't but i don't know in that case if they were all identical or not but boy see that's the key having identical stuff i keep saying that word identical but that's important scientifically so is my research over no no it's just beginning i'm going to try to reproduce this under various circumstances because given what i have presented to you the only explanation that i can come up with that some devil's advocate could could pull out is to say that it just turns out that recorder that you had in the vacuum was malfunctioning it was defective so and that may be true but i can tell you this i have used these recorders on many occasions and they have performed beautifully i've never experienced anything like that but that is the only way I think you could look at this from an objective, you know, like devil's advocate point. Like at the end of the day, if somebody comes up with some data you don't like, you say, oh, your shit doesn't work properly. It's fucked up. Same thing that happened when I got the anomaly, the time anomaly. You know, I, I, I try to explain the situation and people will be like, ah, the machine's fucked up. So I have a lot more to tell you, but here's what I can say at this point, is that right now, I believe that what I have presented to you 
over the past you know 40 minutes here is a very solid case that a particular device or for that matter a particular point in space-time can be targeted can be targeted by some kind of intelligence and you can't apply you know human standards of, of recording phenomena to spiritual standards I, like I say I'm still scratching my head you know so I think that's that, that's it that's it for today okay, this is as far as I can take you today my website is joshuapwarren.com there's no period after the P go to joshuapwarren.com you'll find the link to this site or this show and I have I have so much more to share with you call Joshua P. Warren daily always short always free commercial free independent uncensored and if you click the link to this podcast well you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren at Joshua P. Warren and I will tweet when a new one is available so yeah more to come soon have a great weekend thank you for listening you know Thank you for your interest and your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.